This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. This is the fourth and final episode in our series on multi-level marketing companies or MLMs. I'd strongly recommend going back to the beginning and starting from there. This episode will make a lot more sense if you do. And that's that's what we've been trying so very hard to do. Trying to change just one little two-letter word. Control by government to control of government. This is the voice of President Ronald Reagan. He's speaking at an event the day after his State of the Union address in 1984. The event was hosted by Amway, sort of. It was supposed to be an Amway event, but got rebranded. They decided to call it the Spirit of America Rally. Amway, of course, is maybe the best-known MLM or multi-level marketing company in the U.S. As we discussed in our last episode, the MLM industry has a lot of friends in high places. Here is Reagan, the sitting president of the United States, speaking at a rally for an industry that is somewhat dubious, where distributors, independent contractors who receive neither a paycheck nor benefits from the greater company, recruit their friends, who then recruit their friends. According to the Federal Trade Commission, or FTC, over 99% of those recruits will lose money on the deal. Just to be clear, Amway and many MLMs like it are not, under current U.S. law, classified as illegal pyramid schemes. America is back, as I said last night, and standing tall. And looking to the... Don't fixate just on Reagan. Most of the U.S. presidents since the Gipper have stumped for MLMs. Both of the Bushes, George H.W. Bush, got a reported $100,000 for just one speech. Bill Clinton made hundreds of thousands of dollars speaking for Amway. They donated $2.5 million to build a broadcast center at the GOP headquarters in 1994. MLMs like Amway are legal, and political leaders are free to speak at them. Whether or not their presence is an implicit endorsement of the industry, that's for you to decide. Then there is our current president, Donald Trump. He went a step further by putting his name on an MLM called the Trump Network. With cutting-edge health and wellness formulas and a system where you can develop your own financial independence, the Trump Network offers people the opportunity to achieve their American dream. The Trump Network is no longer a thing, but it's pretty clear he didn't just endorse the industry, he was part of it. We've been talking in the last few weeks about how people of influence change our perceptions, how failure can be used as a weapon, how even in Christian circles, leadership is pushed, even though we don't all have that gift. Today, we'll hear messages of prosperity intertwined with Christianese to sell memberships to MLMs. We'll also see how this industry maintains deep ties in Christian culture. This is the nexus of what we've been talking about for the last two months. 
When we see how Jesus' name is being used to advance business and political agendas, what will be our response? You're listening to the show that uses journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church. We press pause on the culture wars to explore how we got here and how we can do better. I'm Chris Sterren, and this is Truce. God is a genius storyteller, and the evidence of this is threaded throughout Scripture. In Christianity Today's new show, Holy Curiosity, with me, Kat Armstrong, we explore storied connections threaded throughout Scripture from the Old Testament to the New. Our first miniseries, Connecting Dinah and the Woman at the Well, welcomes experts like Drs. Tim Mackey and Diane Landberg to give us insight and context into the physical location and meaning of these two stories. These stories will spark holy curiosity in your own faith, because once you see these connections, you can't unsee them. God wastes no person, place, or thing. Listen and subscribe to Holy Curiosity with Kat Armstrong on your favorite podcast platform. Sometimes it seems like the multi-level marketing model was designed to hook Christians. Imagine we're at a dry erase board. We've got a long list of words that we have to place in two columns. One marked Christianity and the other MLMs. The first word we have to categorize is leadership. What column does that belong in? Well, leadership is taught in both churches and MLMs. We could put it in both columns. Next up, discipleship. Well, discipleship is just taking new recruits under our wing to show them the ropes. I'm gonna say both columns? Evangelism should probably go in both columns because we both have a message that we think is important. We call it evangelism, they call it networking. What about marketing? In both cases, people are told that they have to build platforms from which to speak. If your pastor wants to evangelize the world via the internet, he has to get on social media and sell himself. And if you want to recruit more people in your downline for your MLM, you better get busy tweeting. So, both columns. Strangely, we've got a lot in common with MLMs. So, the internet abounds with voices trying to mix the two together. Like in this video by Josh Clark, an MLM distributor slash Christian influencer. His videos don't have a lot of hits, but he pretty well demonstrates how this thing goes. And then if you do that effectively, and you're patient long enough, you'll be able to multiply your efforts many, many times. And that is how Jesus, the gospel spread all over the world. And he became the number one best-selling author of all time. This business forces you, if you'll stick it out and you'll be patient, to learn, to earn the influence the ability to influence others. Here's another YouTuber named Curry Russell. We have the most perfect example of the best network marketer in the whole world. That's Jesus Christ. So for Christianity, we have salvation. We have this this wonderful product called salvation, and you can have your sins completely wiped away and have your name written down in heaven, and, and Jesus 
gave us this this method, this entire network marketing method. That is Christianity linked into a business model. One that is inherently flawed. They're doing something that is really common in the church, tying something they like into the faith. People do this with politics, dress codes, music styles, even diets. Think about somebody in your church maybe falling in love with CrossFit and then attempting to endorse their workouts with the Bible. Is there anything wrong with doing CrossFit? Probably not. But why see the need to back it up with the Bible? Our instinct is to try to justify our choices, hobbies, and preferences by cramming them into our faith. I spoke with a friend of mine named Jesse who sells for Amway. He has for a long time now and he really likes it. I called him because I'd heard that Amway uses popular Christian speakers at some of their meetings. We started by talking about why these companies are attractive to people of faith. It turns out that MLMs can feel like a safe place to be ourselves. Um, there are no, you know, corporate America rules about, oh, you can't talk about your faith in the workplace kind of thing. There's no HR manager that's going to, you know, smack your hand or call you into the office. Hey, you can't talk about that stuff here. There are a lot of concerns in the modern church about not being able to talk about our faith in the workplace. And I've been there. My previous supervisor at my day job actually pulled me into his office when I first started and asked me not to talk about my faith at work. This was a Christian man telling me this, not out of anger or fear, but just to warn me. I work for a school district and that kind of thing is not welcome. One of the draws of multi-level marketing is that you, as an independent business owner or training organizer, are free to do as you please. Because these independent uh, teaching and training organizations are independent of Amway. They're affiliated and there's an accreditation program that they can choose to go through where Amway puts their stamp of approval on them. And there are certain guidelines there, but it is pretty much an open forum for leadership to express their beliefs very openly. And I, I like that. Yes, you're not getting benefits, workers' comp, or a paycheck, but you can do things your way. You know, keep in mind we're talking about uh, independent teaching and training system has completely different leadership than Amway. So, um, in other words, you know, the Amway sales executives, they would show up at the conferences and they would kind of give the, the usual corporate updates of what's going on at the corporation of Amway. Um, but then part of this business model is you're, you're considered an IBO, independent business owner. Um, you're not an employee of Amway. So what you do with your team, you know, as long as it's within the guardrails that they establish, you're, you're free to do and talk about. Even to the point of being explicit with your beliefs in your sales calls or when hosting a training session. You can also invite really influential people to speak. Uh, I mean, we've had uh, um, Coach K from Duke University, Mike Krzyzewski, um, speak at our events. We've had the... Uh, we've had Colin Powell. Colin Powell, for those who are not old enough to remember, was the first ever African-American U.S. Secretary of State. He served during the George W. Bush administration. Here he is at an Amway IBO meeting in San Diego. It's from an amateur video clip posted in 2011. 
I want to begin by expressing my appreciation for being invited here this evening, but to congratulate all of the Amway achievers. I've been backstage listening to all of them come out, listening to their testimonials, listening to the presentations they've made, and once again inspired, inspired by a company like Amway, the American way, inspired And even uh, we've had big time. Uh, do I want to use the word missionary or evangelist? We've we've had big Christian speakers and authors come in and speak as well. People that you may recognize, like Terry Seville Foy, um, Jerry Seville's daughter. Jerry Seville is a television prosperity preacher akin to Kenneth Copeland. His daughter has a fairly popular presence in the media as well. She knits Christ and prosperity teaching together with buzzwords from Christian culture. She talks a lot about following your dreams and God's wonderful plan for you. Here she is from a YouTube clip. Hey, I'm Terry Savelle Foy and you're watching Live Your Dreams. I pray that as you invest in yourself today, you're captivated and you're catapulted to live your dreams. In fact, I wanna to talk to you about indicators you have a dream from God. Of course, it's so important that we have a dream. In fact, Sam Levinson told this story about a time when his parents dreamed of coming to America. And he said they fell under the spell of the American legend that the streets were paved with gold. There's a lot there to unpack. Of course, there's the idea of God giving you a dream. We hear that a lot in modern Christianity. It's just hard to prove biblically. She also mentioned the American dream, something else that has no biblical basis, in no small part because they didn't know that North America existed back then. I mean, it sounds good, it's just not in the Bible. Just as CrossFit is not in the Bible, the way to prosperity, according to Terry Seville Foy, comes from seeking the Lord through prayer and multi-level marketing, or network marketing. You might expect this union of money and faith from people involved in the prosperity movement, or pro-business government, but it's deeper than that. Back to my friend, Jesse. Who's the uh, McDowell, Josh McDowell, author of More Than a Carpenter, right? Do I have that right? Yeah, um, he's been at our events to speak. Josh McDowell. In the world of popular Christian culture, Josh McDowell is a big name. He's mainstream, pretty non-controversial. He wrote a popular tract called More Than a Carpenter, which I gave to my high school Sunday school class when they all graduated. His book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, is one of the best resources available for historic evidence of Christ. And according to Jesse, Josh McDowell has spoken at some of these training seminars. I contacted Josh McDowell Ministries on multiple occasions across several months for comment. In response, I received an email from Zach Wilson, the director of global events for Josh McDowell Ministries. He wrote, Josh doesn't seek out speaking opportunities at MLMs. He has occasionally spoken for friends who own companies, but they are usually small, private events. All this to say that Christian speakers are brought in for events both big and small, which poses a major concern. Is it okay for a Christian celebrity, if I can use that word, to speak at an MLM rally? I think there are two ways to look at this. One is the negative response, which was my gut reaction at first. As we've seen, the MLM business model doesn't work. 
at least not for people at the bottom. It's statistically almost impossible to make money and even less likely that you'll make a living wage. It's more likely that you'll lose money. This business model preys on the poor, those looking for a little extra cash. It also targets women who, especially in the Christian world, are often pressured not to work outside the house in their childbearing years. By having a big-name speaker come to these events, the industry gains a sheen of legitimacy. If a famous secular leader like Colin Powell tells me this is a good way to make money, it must be a good way to make money. He's Colin Powell. Or if a well-spoken, strong Christian insists that God wants to make me wealthy through MLMs, why not believe it? There must be something to their words. What happens to people's faith when the realities of the business model become clear? What about the possible shame of failure? There is another way to look at this, of course. If I were an evangelist like Josh McDowell and I was given the chance to speak to a big group of people, I'd probably do it, no matter who the group was. If I had the chance to share the gospel with death row inmates, absolutely. White nationalists? Maybe. What about violent political activists? Probably, yeah. Because we as Christians believe that the gospel can change lives and change hearts. Can I really advocate that an evangelist walk away from a captive audience? Not all of the money brought into MLMs goes to the top. Some of it ends up benefiting charities, like Mercy Ministries, which receives money from a very large MLM. According to their website, Mercy Ministries helps young women ages 13 to 32 break free from life-controlling issues and situations, including anxiety, depression, sexual abuse, eating disorders, self-harm, addictions, unplanned pregnancy, and sex trafficking. Which sounds like a great ministry, it really does. I reached out to them for comment, but did not hear back. Their partnership with the industry seems like a win-win. The MLM helps people in need and gains a positive social image, and the people who go through this program receive much-needed assistance. The irony is that this ministry that helps women is funded by an organization that targets women and saddles them with debt. This may be an unfair comparison, but hear me out. How do gangs get their neighborhoods to go along with their behavior? What about drug cartels? I mean, yes, there's a fear element, but many gangs become successful by spreading their money around. They say, look at our nice cars and our clothes. This could be you. They don't just hoard the money. They give it back in obvious ways that make people think it's worth the hassle. Listen, I know modern society does not do well with comparisons. I'm willing to trust that you can understand the difference between pointing out the similarities between MLMs and gangs and actually calling MLMs gangs. Because MLMs do use similar tactics. They say, don't look at the debt we create, the poor business model, the damage we do. Focus instead on our powerful friends, on the flash of our sales meetings, on nice clothes and the money we give to the community. And they establish an us versus the system attitude. In our era, a lot of Christians feel neglected and ignored. The temptation, the really strong temptation, is to find power by illegitimate means. If the government or academia or the powerful won't take us seriously, 
then we'll find people who will do what we say. We Christians, of all people, have to resist illegitimate power. Yes, MLMs spread the gospel. Yes, some tiny percentage of people make money with this. Yes, it sounds good that people in a free country should be able to conduct business however they want. But what is the cost of aligning ourselves with these companies? It finances ministries, but it ruins everyday people. It evangelizes, but people who see through the business model will also think that Christianity is a pyramid scheme where all the money funnels to pastors or leaders. It's time for us to see that our real power comes from the finished work of Christ. Who cares if the influencers, the presidents, the celebrity Christians tell us that the solution is in money, power, politics, and business. It's time we turn away from illegitimate power and back to where our true power comes from, from Jesus and Him alone. Special thanks to my friend Jesse for his honesty and openness. I've had a lot of help from my friends on this series. Thanks to all of you, especially Nick Starin for his editorial and vocal work. Additional vocal work came from Jackie Hart, Kira Griffith, and Josh Griffith. Eugene Morningstar played the piano for our first episode. Roy Browning designed our website and Andy Huff did the logo. Thanks to everyone who told me their stories about their own involvements with MLMs, most of which did not appear on this show. The idea for this series was sparked by an excellent podcast called The Dream. It contains some strong language, but it is well worth the listen. If you enjoyed this series, please leave a comment on your podcasting app and tell everyone you know about this show. Most Christian podcasts are sermons or a few people sitting around microphones, and that's okay. But we're doing something different, bringing you in-depth, intelligent stories with high production values. If you want to hear more content like this, please tell your friends. Really, you who's listening to this, go tell your friends. It makes a big difference. And if you like, you can donate to the show on our website at trucepodcast.com. Once you're there, you'll find our archived episodes, pictures, helpful links, and our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at at trucepodcast. Because this series was so labor-intensive, we're going to take next week off, and God willing, we'll have a new full-length episode the following week. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Starin, and this is Truce.